Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Hello and welcome back to the Will I Like It podcast. I'm your host, Craig Brooks. And today my guest is Jonas Lawrenson from hey Nevada. Um, and I think you've done some music on the film Northman. Um, and some people might recognize you as regular guests from Nordic Mythology podcast. Give them a shout out. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do the story time there. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, talk about Vikings and shit. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Is, uh, I'm happy to be here. It's a long time in the making for both of us. I know we started talking back in July about this, didn't we? So it's we did, yeah, yeah. So it's taken a while. <laughs> and I was, I and I really wanted to do the Midgard's Blood thing. I really wanted to, but it just became too crazy. Uh, I found that at other events as well. Like trying to record at a festival is a nightmare. It just, it never works. It's great when it happens. I think it's probably when you do actually, and the and the sort of schedules just magically align or whatever. Then I think it yeah. can be quite can be quite great. Uh, but yeah, it's difficult. People are running around and tons of things going on. It's a busy busy festival that one. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah. So yeah, um, so you're here mainly. We're going to be discussing your mead, which people that are watching might see. I've got sat next to me. And I am eager to try it, but I thought maybe we'd start by talking a bit about who you are and your background in case anyone's not come across you before. Sure. Um, I I suppose in like um, in terms of this whole Viking thing, I suppose that some people also might know me from when I was when I was playing with Highland for a couple of years. I was. Um, I was singing uh, with Highland uh, since we started in 2017, and I was with them for about two years. And then I, then I switched and I did the Northmen and started Nibala and so on. Um, so is that where your music, sort of professional music career, started? Was that Highland, or you could you could say that? I mean, it depends on what you mean by professional, right? I mean, because. Does professional mean proficient, or does it mean that you literally live off what you're doing? I suppose it. Yeah, means... I mean that's how I would see it: is earning a living off of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. I mean, I've, I've, I, yeah, yeah, I would say that. I would, I would say that with with Heilung, that's when I started really f- focusing on music again. It's actually an interesting story because I, um, I was always a musician. Ever since I was, ever since I, ever since I can remember, really, 
uh, I've, I've been a musician. So it's one of those things where I, I, I didn't really, it was never a thought of mine that like a conscious thought of, oh, okay, that looks interesting. I would like to do that. Like how some people get yeah. into stuff. It was more like, it was just always with me uh, ever since I was a kid. My family, all my family is, is, is musical and mm. at all kind of family gatherings and so on. People would be singing and, you know, playing and, you know, many voices and stuff we would have like little impromptu family choirs and so on at, at family dinners and stuff like that so it was just always with me um then when i became a dad i realized that you know i, I became a dad fairly fairly early um and and i realized that i needed to do something quite quickly that would that would that would make me some money you know music yeah. is, is struggling business and that's when i went i thought okay but i had this other passion food because that was always with me ever since i was i think a teenager or something like that i started being interested in in food and and started cooking a little bit for myself and but never thought i would make it a career as such yeah uh but then when when i when when my daughter was born i thought okay i better try to do some things and then then it just kind of like i just started like like I, I, I kind of faked myself to a to a head chef position in a way by sort of embellish embellishing some work experience and so on, and sort of just yeah. jumped straight into a head chef position at a tourist uh, uh, restaurant. Uh, it's fake it till you make it, as they say. Uh, absolutely, I I, <laughs> I I almost live by that mantra. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so 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 then so then I, I got really excited about it, and 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 I did it quite intensely for a few years. I took a little break from it again because you know it's yeah, chefing business is grueling. You know, it's extremely grueling, and the hours yeah. are crazy. And, I thought, okay, I took this job to have it so I could be with my child, but now I'm never with my child, you know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, or so that I could provide for yeah. my child, but but now I can't be with her. So what's the point, you know? So then I I just sure. did some odd bits and bobs and jobs, and then when we moved to the UK in 2016, um, I started the university. A masters together with my my wife uh, Nena at the time, mm. and uh, and then we thought well, we had to make some more money, and we were like, oh well, I mean, I I was I was dabbling a lot in Nordic cooking at that time, the new Nordic, uh, the new Nordic food business, and so on, and I was interested in always been interested in mythology and so on. So we kind of made a hybrid, and that's when we created the company Matter, which yeah. ran uh, which ran a Suburb clubs and immersive experiences with food and going out and foraging with people coming back and then cooking with what they had foraged and like luxurious experiences they these were high end mm. high end experiences for people um let me see if right here uh yeah but then i then the next year i joined i joined Hylon and then my whole it was kind of like a it was kind of like a knock in the head i was like hey wait a minute this is actually who i am you know this is actually yeah. what i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to do to do music you know and then i kind of had like a quite a long time where it was like a 50 50 so i would do 50 percent food would be would be my career and another 50 percent would be i think you got be... quite far with the food too didn't you did we i did. not see you you were on like 
million pound menu. And we we like were, that. yes, we were. <laughs> we were on the million pound menu um, uh, in, what was this? In Was that in, I want to say 19, I, I want to say it was 19 with, with Fred Syriax yeah. and, 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 yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which was a lot of fun, and we got really, we were really uh, praised in that in that episode. Actually, it was quite, it's quite, quite awesome. We didn't win, which I am actually really happy about because we asked for nine hundred thousand pounds to do our to do our flagship restaurant. Yeah, imagine if we had gotten that nine hundred nine hundred thousand pounds, and then COVID hit right after. Yeah. We would have been sitting with nine hundred thousand pounds of someone else's money that we had no way of paying back, yeah. or it would have been, it would have been grueling. A lot of people were in some really difficult situations, right? Because of so it probably worked out best for you then, really. That kind of yeah. Well, I just want to see it that way, at least. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it makes me feel better about it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was, and it was really mm. great, and we 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 got to do a lot of fun things uh, uh, with that, and I I loved it, and and I loved diving into uh, the ancient cooking techniques and and thinking like like in, in terms of the creative process, like if I'm to make a a fancy dessert, but I'm thinking I'm a Viking age girl going through a forest on a early summer's day what do i find you know i'll maybe find this and i'll maybe find that whatever isn't in season at that particular time right i'll find yeah. this and this and this this and then you know combine it uh yeah i i made a i made a dessert like that at, at one point which was just that kind of thinking you know that mm. kind of process it doesn't mean that 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 dish couldn't have come about in some other kind of way just by thinking of how what tastes good together or whatever. But to think about it in that way was quite inspiring. An interesting um, approach, kind of getting into character, I guess. And then Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, you could say that, of mm. course. And then of course the dessert I I, I made, uh, no Viking woman ever tasted anything like that, I'm sure. But like <laughs> But the but the idea was there, you know, that it was the idea, the concept behind it. I would mm. do dishes such as like I would do Nordic cosmology, for instance, the 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 the, the creation myth of uh, of, uh, of Nordic mythology. So the idea there was to have something hot and something cold, and then I created the palate cleanser for that dish. So the palate cleanser, as far as I remember, was a, a bit of quince liquor. Uh, a bit of um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a kefir water, like a fermented water. Yeah, and I think it was topped up with something else, which I can't remember. But it was it was three elements, and 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 they were put together in such a way. Especially the quince really helped there because when you then you took a bite of it, there was a uh, just to quickly say it was a kind of a, a marinated piece of pork which was marinated with sour beer. And then a, um, a chervil root, uh, chervil root uh, ice cream, which I had uh, then made. And then so you c c combined the ice cream because it was the savory ice cream, of course. So the, yeah. the savory ice cream with the, I say savory, but I don't know if it's exactly savory because when you when you bake the chervil root for a long, long time, it actually becomes caramelized, right? So, it, but there was only the sugar from the chervil root, no, no, no added sugar whatsoever. 
So you mix those two things together. That was like an explosion of flavor. And yeah. then you had that palate cleanser to sort of clean your palate. And then you could have another explosion. So that whole idea of that cyc cyc cyclical creation, right? And the hot and the cold. So it's yeah. just that, that yeah. way of thinking, you know, that, that way of creating parameters for create creativity is it's extremely interesting. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But I just went on the total tangent. You were asking me to to let people know a bit about myself, but I suppose I suppose it's unfolding. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess so. So you kind of said already. So you moved from that kind of at the same time as being in Highland. So you did a bit of both. For yes. A little while. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. did you, you when did you decide to fully give up being a chef and? It was there wasn't like a moment. It kind of just fizzled out. Uh, I would say uh, up until quite recently, I was still doing things. Like I think right after Midgard's Blood, I was, I was doing some stuff up in the up in the Nordic Mountains. Uh, not Midgard's Blood this year, but the year before. Yeah. Um, oh, because you did fire in the mountains too, didn't you? You did some food for them. Yes, that was also that was also last year. Last year, yeah. we did a we did a we did a farm to festival barbecue, which was which was awesome. Again, we did the same thing with being inspired by a Nordic myth. So the whole idea was that Ivar uh, Bjornsson from from Enslaved, the Nordic uh, the the Norwegian uh, black metal band, yeah, he had curated part of the festival, meaning he had sort of come with a vision for some part of the festival, and he called it on wings over Utgard. And then I thought of wings over Utgard. And then I thought, okay, what stories do we have that includes wings over Utgard? Ah, well, there's the story of Fiasi, uh, which is the story of, uh, do you know the story of Fiasi? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell it anyway yeah. for the, for yeah, the listeners for and, and viewers. I kind um, of, yeah, I know it, but I couldn't, I couldn't really tell it off the top of my head. It would be it would be a very abbreviated version here. I heard Matthias yeah. tell the whole story. Actually, when we did the barbecue, Matthias came and did some did some storytelling, which was kind of cool. Uh, but uh, it's really long. It's, it's yeah. extremely long. But the whole point of it is that it's it's three gods. It's Odin, it's Thor, and I think it's Hernir or something. One of the one of the lesser known gods. Uh, and they they go out on a quest and they go out into Utgard or they go into some kind of unknown, right? Mm. And that was the whole point of the wings over Utgard was like travel into the unknown and that sort of thing. That was the whole idea of the curation. So they go out on some kind of quest or some kind of trip or whatever. They get hungry. They see a steer standing on a meadow. They kill the steer and they want to cook it in an earth oven. But they they uh, so so for those for those who don't know what an earth oven is, basically when you dig a hole, put hot stones in, put the meat on top, cover it with something, and then cover it with dirt so that it's like uh, basically uh, cooking like uh, for a long long time and they're slow cooking. But they can't. They every time they dig up the steer, it's not cooked. It's, it's it looks like it's just been put in there, and they don't understand why. And they they find out at some point that this looks like magic. There's someone cursing their 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 thing, and Thiasi is sitting up in a tree, and it's he's a, in the form of an eagle, and he is a he's a probably a a, a Jotun of some side, some sort of some sort of giant, and he uh, and he then says, well. 
something about like, well, I'll, I'll let you cook it, but I'll have to have the first bite or something. And then uh, they, they cook it. And then I think he eats the whole thing. And there's a whole thing. And, and I can't remember the exact story, but it, it he, no, he wants Idun. No, that's the whole point. He wants Idun. Um, and Loki makes a deal with him. He says, okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you Idun. And then of course they eat the steer, but then, Loki doesn't want to give him Idun, and then there's a whole fight, and blah, 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 and Loki has to turn her into a nut and fly away with her, and stuff like yeah. that, in order to get get her, get her away from Thiasi, and there's this whole thing. It's the so same story have... that leads to them dressing Thor up in a wedding dress, isn't it? Yes. And then yes. he pretends... No, 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 that, no, wait, hang Is that on. a different one? No, that's the one with his hammer. That's a different one. That's a different one. Oh, um, I'm mixing up my mythology. Yeah, 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 but they, but they, yeah. but there's also some so many similarities uh, between them. But at least, but the point is, that there's something about them flying into Valhalla, and it leads to the whole story with Skadi, I think, because Skadi is Thiasi's That's right. Daughter. Yes, and then and Skadi, she ends up marrying. Then... She has to pick a husband based on their feet. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, first, first they have to get her to laugh, and that's when uh, Loki. That's the uh, one. Ties yeah. a string to his balls and kicks a kicks a goat, and he has to run around after the goat and lets yeah. his balls, lest his That's balls fall one. off and stuff like that. Very funny. Uh, <laughs> 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 but anyway, so 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 so, what's yeah. the relevance of this whole story? Why am I talking about it? Well, because again, here we have an, a story from Nordic mythology that has three elements of food: apples, nuts, and steer and beef, basically. So we base the whole barbecue on apples, nuts, and and beef, basically. Nice. And so those uh, salads with apples and nuts and 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 stuff like that. And then of course uh, we had a big old big old offset Texan smoker and smoked 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 a lot of brisket and that kind of stuff. It's delicious. Which of course Sounds was mar marinated in apple cider vinegar and honey and that kind of thing. You know. So again, keeping the yeah, all, uh, keeping the whole story incorporated into the food. So again, I, I really love doing things like that. I find it mm. really exciting. Yeah. So then, so from there, you you sort of because we're kind of jumping about a bit, but so that's as yeah. you start to sort of phase out the cooking a little bit and and move more into to doing music. Yes. So at what point? I mean, when you sorry, God. No, no, you know, you finish, finish your finish your question. I was just going to say, at, at what point was it during Highland that you kind of came up with the concept for what it, what became Nabala? Uh yeah, that that happened. I think in two thousand and nineteen. I mean, it actually happened before that. Um, I think Nabala was a a project or an idea in my mind that was brewing for for quite a long time. But I think the real strong urge to make it with the, the, there was some events that happened in early 2019 that kind of really pushed me to like okay now I now I gotta do it really and uh so so yeah so you know I left I left Highland at the end of that year so yeah uh, round around about that time I would say um and it was also I mean I really left left Highland because I I knew I wanted to undertake a, a big project with Nepala I wanted to 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 really invest my energy into it, and I just didn't feel it was fair, uh, or to myself and to anyone else actually that 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 I wouldn't be able to give Hylong what 
it deserves in some sense, you know, which is, you know, attention and time and passion, mm. all that kind of stuff. I, I kind of lost that. So, yeah, yeah. around about that time, yeah. Was there anything you took from your time in Highland that's kind of influenced your sound or the way you perform in Nevada? I guess you're always kind of building on experience, aren't you? So it's Of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've, been particular? Asked, I've been asked this question before. And I would say that there, you know, you don't enter something like Heilung without taking a piece and leaving a piece, you know. Yeah. So, so for sure. And I, I remember the first time Christopher played Heilung for me. There was this was, I think, before it had even been released. Um, he played some of Alpha de Haitier for me. I remember that particular, very particularly, very vividly. Because I kind of felt that it was a kind of I, I, I got really excited about it because I have been into spiritual music for a long, long time. And, and I heard throat singing for the first time in my life when I was, uh, I don't know, 23, 24, something traveling in, in India uh, and traveling to Dharamsala and, uh, mm. and hearing, hearing the, the Tibetan monks sit and do their, their, their throat singing chants and so on. So when I heard Heilung, it was a kind of a strange memory of stuff that I had experienced in India and so on. But it was also this Nordic thing with all this Odin stuff. And I just got really excited about that that marriage in some sense. Um, and I, I know that that wasn't necessarily, I think, what, what Kai or Christopher and so on had in mind. But that was how it sort of spoke to me. And I, I, I think also that is one way that it really did kind of propel me or like give me like this idea okay i can actually i can actually take all this stuff that i've traveled around and i've seen and i can actually and i've heard and i can i can marry that with what i come with from my culture and my upbringing and what i bring with me in my rucksack you know mm. uh so i've so with nibala i've i i think i've i've even I focused even more on that connection, that 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 broad Indo-European connection from India all the way to, actually from the Gobi Desert, but that's technical. But yeah, from India all the way to, to the Nordics, right? That that showing that interconnection, mm. um, uh, musically, uh, I was was a project that I found extremely interesting uh, to embark on. So Nepal does have a lot of that, and people have said that a lot that it has a lot of Eastern feel to it. Yeah, definitely. Which totally makes sense uh, because that was that's that's what I that's what I bring with me. So that's how things come out, you know. Obviously. Yeah, and it's it's kind of an approach that I don't think anyone else has ever done before. Like you get this very, if you like, Norse or Nordic sound, Viking music, as it often mm -hmm. gets called. Yeah. Um, and so Much when to the our chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but sorry, I found, like on. when Nivala came along, it was kind of refreshing. I mean, I, I'd only heard a couple of tracks when um, the pre-orders came out, and I knew I had to get it. Oh wow! And I did. I pre-ordered it by By Norse, and I don't do that very often. If I, especially if I don't know an artist, it's kind of it's a little bit of a gamble, isn't it? It's not necessarily a cheap investment, but I just knew. No. And then when Shell got involved as well, it was like, well, yeah, okay, this is going to be something special. I knew it was a good idea to bring Shell along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and no, i'm really happy yeah. to hear that yeah man absolutely really happy yeah i mean it's it. it's on repeat a lot in our house we do listen to it uh 
an awful lot. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Half yeah, the time, I have no idea what's going on lyrically, but it's just the music and the sound and the feel. I know what the vibe of the album is, but... That is one thing that I've been going back and forth about the whole time, and I didn't even know when we were about to release it. I, I still, I still, and I'm still not sure, really, because, I mean, should I, should I translate those lyrics so that people know what they're about? The, the reason why I'm not so sure I should mm. and, and, and let them, let the, so what I, what I have done is that actually, if you go on to, I think it's all the live, the live songs that are there. If you go there, you can, there will actually be uh, translations in there. And I also did some posts where I did some references to, 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 to Havamal, to where it's been taken, where, where has this been taken from? Because what we did was that we, we didn't just sing the old Norse. We translated it back into an even older language, uh, or let's, I say we. That's uh, <laughs> not in, not entirely correct. Matthias Nordvig, <laughs> Matthias Nordvig translated the old doors back into. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to do that. Matthias Nordvig did, of course. Matthias and I, yeah. we, we, we found the material together and, and so on. But um, but yeah, so we translated it into an even older language, so you wouldn't even be able to go in and and, and just see the lyric and then figure mm. out where it's from because you can't Google that or anything like that. It's not, it's not Google Googleable. But um, um, but yeah, I did references to to where the texts were from, so that those who were really hardcore nerds they could go and 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 find it on their own. And the reason why I didn't want to really put it like, okay, this is what the song is and this is the translation and so on was because I really wanted people to focus on on what they heard. I mean, one of the great things about listening to music that you don't actually understand the lyric from, like I do that a lot. I listen to a lot of world music and music from yeah. from, from all over the place, is that you kind of bypass your own biases. You know, when I hear a sentence set in English, uh, I'll have a lot of preconceived notions about what that means because I've heard those words before, I've, I've heard that sentence before or whatever. So I have a cl more clear idea of what the person is trying to say, or at least, mm. or maybe I have the illusion of thinking that I know that. But when you listen to some a language that you don't know, you you have you bypass that and go straight to the feeling. You bypass all the intellectual blah 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 that's going on, and you go straight to the feeling, and you listen straight to the one who sings. Yeah. And I think that is a strength, and that is actually why why I've been going back and forth all the time about like should I translate, should I not? I don't know, but um, I don't know if that makes sense to you in any way. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I had for a second thought that maybe you'd put them inside the liner notes, but I think that's just um, there's just the some. They're not the lyrics, lyrics, are they? I think there's a little. I mean, I've actually got it here. I think I think the only thing that's there. Oh God, I haven't looked at it so long. I think <laughs> the only thing is there is is some words about the song. Yeah, I think it has a rough, maybe explanation rather than the actual. Yeah, it's more like a poetic, alluding to what the song is about more than the yeah. That's direct it. explanation. Act, yeah, it does give you a rough idea of what's going on, like you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it's yeah. it's it's yeah. It's a kind of 
it doesn't it doesn't say this song is song dedicated to this and this and this you know it's not like that it's more like when odin went to the mountain he saw the blah 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 you know it's more it's more like a it's more like a poetic rendition of what the song is about in, in a way yeah yeah like you say, I wonder if it even matters. I mean, I still enjoy listening to the album, so I don't think whether an understanding of the lyrics would make any difference. It doesn't stop my enjoyment. So no, it might. It might now that you have gotten into it, you you might want to go and I don't know. It could also ruin your experience, right? I mean, it's, it's like it's like with, with with poetry, right? Like. Bob Dylan, I remember, I think, said something about that. He he didn't want to explain his songs, what they were about, because then, then people's own experience of hearing that song and and kind of like, what does it say to them and all that, that is taken away because someone can say, no, but Bob Dylan said this was actually about his grandma, so your feeling there is now invalid. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah doesn't it? But then that's different because you know what he's saying, whereas with Nabala you don't have any idea whatsoever. Yeah, but do you really know what Bob Dylan is saying? <laughs> Does anybody? <laughs> Does he? Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. What the fuck is that song about? Tambourine. I'm ready to get anywhere. I'm ready to forget. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> when do you start the Bob Dylan tribute act? Then was that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do like a the Viking Dylan uh, kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, when I'm older, when I'm sixty, <laughs> when I'm sixty-four, yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know i i yeah but anyways it's it i think there's i think there's a point to it i i think there's um i think it's good just to leave it as it is hmm. and uh yeah so did you originally have plans to have it as a piece that you could perform live as you've done a few times or was it meant to be just a recording process Ah, uh, I I always wanted to play with it live. I I won't say that I knew exactly how to do that, or or like yeah. Uh, I mean, Shell and I, you know, when we finished the album together, we thought we thought a lot about how how do we how are we actually going to play this live, you know. And we had all kinds of ideas. And we actually, in the beginning, we had the idea that we would do it just a few people and that we would mm. do different versions of the song live. So that, and this is again, gets very technical, but a lot of this kind of music, because it is so big, because it is, it's so filled with so many voices and instruments and drums and all that kind of stuff. What you have to do is that you have to have a lot of backing track. So you have to have a lot of things in the place that you then play on top of. It's not. Yeah. It's not uh, play. It's not playback because everyone sings and, like for instance, and you know when I was with Hylum, of course we had we had a lot of backing track, but of course everything is also played. It's not like it's, it's not like it's not live. But what it does do is it restricts you a lot. It restricts mm. you to to like this song is seven minutes and it's seven minutes. It's not you can't like at the end of it go ah, let's, a little longer and this is grooving. This is awesome. Let's go for a little longer. People love it. So let's not you know. You don't get yeah. to be as much 
you don't get to be as much in the moment, at least musically, <laughs> um, when you have these backing tracks. So when we uh, uh, when we when we came out, we had a lot of backing tracks. We did the same kind of thing that 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 Heilung and, and Vadruna did. And this year, we kind of we kind of felt like we wanted to go back to to the original playing in live, um, which is to be more loose, be more be more free with the songs. Uh, so that we can play the songs that are on the album, but we can but we can take them in different directions. We can play different versions of them, uh, mm. and, and and so on and so forth. And, and that's something I'm really excited about. So when we do the next album, it's also going to be we are going to be thinking a little, a little bit more like that. That we make it to live in the sense where the first album was kind of just like it was Corona time. It was very much. You were just thinking about making the music. You weren't thinking about there was ever going to be a time where you could play this live, actually. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. so you weren't. That wasn't really in the back. But now we're we're thinking more about that, actually. Yeah. But definitely, like we want to play this live as much as possible. This has to be experienced live. It definitely does. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, you can see the Midgard Block performance on YouTube. Not quite the same, but you get a no. a bit of a feel for what what it's like live you can probably see the back of my head if you look close enough and ah, you are you up there in the front i'm up the front somewhere front left so a shining a shining um, yeah. a baldy head somewhere <laughs> and you know it's and you know what? i didn't know it was being recorded i don't know how i completely missed that until it came out and i was like oh right they were what pretty good happen? at staying out of the way actually yeah, uh, i had no idea they, they did a good job of that actually which was awesome Mm. yeah yeah no no yeah you can definitely go on youtube and check that out we were proud of those live videos but of course they are you can never capture what what it really is uh live even with the even with the leafa heilung videos which were an even uh, more expensive production uh it's not gonna it's it's a different it's two different things you have to see it as two different things really in some sense when you watch a mm. live show uh, uh on youtube and when you go yeah. for live, but it can give you a a little appetizer, a little, like you said. A yeah, because the tracks are a little bit different to listening to the album, aren't they? There's a different I suppose, feel to them. The vocals are slightly different. Yeah. And yeah. So it does give you a rough idea of how you kind of translate that to a live performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we did, yeah. we did, we did, we did change the, so we did change the tracks a little bit before we went live with them. Uh, but but still we had that it's we still did have that back then when that was filmed we still did had did have like that like we had, this song is five minutes this song is six minutes because yeah. it's, the backing track dictates how long the song is right uh, so I, I don't know if that makes sense at all to someone who's not a musician does it yeah no I get I get where you're going yeah okay cool 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 yeah yeah uh, um, so yeah I guess I I had another question which I guess to tie it in with that idea that you're not playing to a backing track, but that you've you've got that limit, that must put a little bit of pressure on. So, whereas from an audience perspective, people get into kind of the ritualness of it. Um, mm. Some of the tracks are almost sort of trance-inducing, I guess you could say. But do you get that same feeling when you're on stage if you've got that kind of five-minute times? I guess you're just too in the zone of performing to that time limit. I mean, so 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 the question is: Do you get into a trance-like state? 
Yeah, so do you find as, as it as much of a ritual being on stage as someone would that's in the audience? Or are you too far removed from that? Oh, it's that is actually a really, really good question. Um, because I the 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 audience experience obviously is different from the performer's experience. I mean, how could it not be? It's two different vantage points in order to to take part. I mean, so let's say I, I like to look at it as the audience and the performer. It is it is one, you know, it is one they are both there to create that experience. You can't have the experience with one without the, with the without the other, right? Like yeah. it, it, that's impossible. So, so first, that is the first acknowledgement one does. But of course, the experience itself has to be different from the audience to the to to, to you know because an audience member can 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 drop uh, uh, you know five grams of mushrooms and just <laughs> you know like go crazy. But we can't do that, or at least we should. Shouldn't. <laughs> we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't. Uh, you know, because you, you would sound like <laughs> shit, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it would make performing difficult, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I don't understand how they did it back in the 70s and 60s, like how they were just doing acid and fucking yeah. jamming for hours. No idea. I don't know. I, I don't know how they did it, but, you know. Uh, the point is that uh, it's so so we know you don't you don't get to you don't get to that full trance experience, but you are extremely present, and I think that that presence, that awareness that you have to have when you're playing live, right? And you have to be extremely present and aware and in the moment because the moment you're not in the moment. The, the, you, if you start second guessing yourself when you're standing up there, so it, everything's gonna it's gonna crack, right? Everything's gonna it's yeah. not gonna sound good, and you you won't have a good experience. The audience won't have a good experience. So in some sense, you are in a, a, some you are in some kind of floaty in between state. Between it's a kind of a meditative thing, but it's also kind of trancey, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. So 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 trance and ecstasy is. I would say is classified different different from meditation in that you kind of you when you're in a trance or in a state of ecstasy you're not necessarily aware in the same way that you are when you're meditating because when you're meditating you're in this calm and you're just letting the the the, the thoughts go by and so on and so so therefore I would say when you're a performer you you can you're more in a meditative state and the audience can also be in a meditative state, but but is allowed to trance out entirely, if that makes sense. I hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So um, you kind of alluded earlier to, to some of the, I suppose the lyrics, if you like, are based around mythology, but do you get inspiration from other places? So um, to like nature and other things is and i like for instance Ina selvik often goes out somewhere into the mountains or whatever and and experiences nature and then puts that into the music is that something that you've ever done or uh, i wonder how to 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 answer this question because i go into nature a lot and i love going into nature I love perfect days in nature where nobody wants to be there, you know, because you can just be completely yourself with the trees. 
So I like windy days as well, when people don't really want to be so much out. And then you can go I'm out. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the wind. <laughs> no, let's not. Call, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. well, the point is just that that you know you you. It's I, I love being in nature, and I think I think Aina is absolutely right when he says that a lot of people think that they don't have time to go into nature mm. because they have such busy lives and they have so much things they want to do. But in fact, going into nature uh, makes you actually more efficient with your time because you just get that calm. It's just it's a straight it's a straight delivery system out there, right? You sit down and you try to meditate, and you can sit down in a room. It can take a long time. Going out into nature. Can 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 bring you there uh, quite quickly, um, mm. uh, and that is not to to shit on meditation because that that's a completely different practice, you know, completely different um, uh, modus operandi. But uh, to 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 get there, but yeah, uh, so so I'm very inspired by nature in that in that sense. Um, I, I can be inspired by the experiences I can have in nature, uh, the way that. Uh, sometimes nature can, you know, calm your thoughts and new thoughts would come in that you haven't thought about before or new ways of looking at the same thing or or you could get some kind of profound feeling of, of love or interconnectedness and so on. And that, I think, on a base level inspires me. But I wouldn't say I've gone out into nature and then all of a sudden, you know, I looked at the birch and all of a sudden the birch told me to sing a song or something like that. You know, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's not really how I operate. I operate a little bit differently than that. Um, but um, yeah, nature is extremely important to me. And yeah. Mm. I, <laughs> it's a weird thing to have to sit and say, <laughs> what have we, where have we come to in this world where I have to sit and say that nature is important to me it's like <laughs> what <laughs> it's fucking it's what we are man like what the fuck yeah uh, it's retarded isn't it but yeah yeah it should be natural it's nature it's natural yeah it's, yeah exactly um yeah so then so so most of your music lyric wise is inspired by sort of norse mythology Yes, in 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 this case, um, um, <clears throat> okay. So I think I suppose I have to ex uh, go explain it by going a little bit backwards. So so I wanted to create an album about uh, sacred sexuality. It was kind of rooted in the idea of the interplay between the male and female energies how that is mirrored in nature and mirrored basically mirrored in everything you know that kind of that kind of interplay um and 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 when 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 i did the research for this you know i started researching together with matthias nordbeek um who i'm sure a lot of your listeners will, will know who is but if they don't know who he is he, he was one of the guys who did the nordic uh, mythology podcast and he is a professor of um, of Nordic mythology, and basically, um, yeah, all those kind of things uh, from from, from uh, Colorado and Boulder. And um, I heard the podcast, and then I contacted him and asked him whether he wanted to help me with the research for this project. And we looked a lot at comparative religions as well. So, so it was basically about finding 
um, finding textual material and other kind of material and, you know, goddess names and all that kind of stuff that would refer to the subject. Because I asked, I kind of asked him, so I said, like, I'm really inspired by, you know, Indian mythology and so on. And I said, well, so, so, so how much do we actually have from Nordic mythology that talks about these things? And he was like, oh my God, it's, they don't talk about anything else almost. So like, it did, it, it was really nice. So it was, uh, so, so I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to express my own, and I say my own uh, spiritual ideas. I, I wouldn't say my, it's, it's wrong to say my own spiritual ideas because of course they're not mine. They are, they belong, belong to the world. But those that I, that, that which I was inspired by philosophically, spiritually, and so on. And I wanted to seep it in Nordic, in the Nordic language. I wanted to represent that on this, the first album of Nibala had to be Nordic in that sense. I kind of important. Yeah. Um, the next album of Nibala will also have Nordic elements, but will go in all kinds of other directions as well. Again, always bringing it back to the interconnectedness, you know, that's yeah. extremely important. And everything I do will always kind of be Nordic because that's what I am, <laughs> you know. But 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 uh, I think we will be a little bit more daring even even on, 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 on I think you froze in a second there. Yeah, it said for a second. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah. Okay. You lost good. the tail end my... of the last sentence. What? Uh, what was the what, what did I? What was I saying? What went? <laughs> So about about um, how you are, you were going along the lines of how you are um, Nordic yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. So so that's that's of course not, yeah. That's how it comes out, of course. Um, so would you? Because I think you've said already, like you considered Indian mythology maybe as well. So you're saying that maybe in future you might branch out to other. Sure. <laughs> yeah, other that was what I was trying I to say. Yeah. To put it, yeah. Yeah. Second album's definitely gonna have more of like both Indian, but also. I don't want to say too much. I shouldn't say. No, it's but yeah, it's that's gonna right. that's gonna be some that's gonna be some interesting things, and there's gonna be some connections. That, what I can say is that I'm gonna try to draw some connections between Nordic uh, mythological thinking or or spiritual thinking uh, to to some other places where people I don't think I think people will be quite shocked at what yeah. I'm drawing drawing to. But that is the point as well, because again, I think people have. And I think myself also been laboring under a lot of misapprehensions about about um, about other religions, I would say, or, or other modes of thought coming from other places in the world, especially those of uh, of monotheism. Uh, monotheism is, you know, nobody likes monotheism anymore. Right? <laughs> like it's like oh. But and 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 for good reasons, for really good reasons. But there, but there's some very very interesting things when you dig, dig deep into into monotheism, even that you can get inspired by. Do you worry about people's reaction at any point? So if you start to pick from other cultures, do you feel like I mean, I'm going to use the kind of trigger words of the time is culturally appropriating, say Indian culture or or, or any other. I should be, shouldn't I? <laughs> I should. 
<laughs> I don't know. Should should you be? That's, that's the question, I guess. It's um. I mean, I am a, a white cis whatever, you know, yeah. male. So I mean, I, I suppose I'm I'm one of those guys that really uh, could get burnt from from doing things like that. But I just don't mm. really fucking care, to be honest. I, I really have to not fucking give a fuck because I think I think the the fact that we let ourselves be bullied by these kind of ideas is is, is if we if we keep let our, letting ourselves be bullied by these kind of ideas of cultural appropriation and so on then then it's going to keep going like this it's going to you know and yeah. the logical the logical conclusion of uh stopping everyone from sharing their, each other's cultures is that uh, we go hitler you know that's the logical conclusion of everything that's exactly what he believed that's exactly what extremely uh you know nationalistic people believe they be exactly believe we shouldn't mix culture now that being said there is this respectful way of doing that you know yeah there yeah. is a res there, there there you have to have reverence like you have to have reverence to the material that you dive into you know uh if I'm going to go and find a, let's say, text from the Nag Hammadi, you know, in Egypt, you know, I have to pay reverence to that. I have to know what I'm talking about. I have to dive into it. I have to, you know, immerse myself into it as, as, as much as I can. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick, like, I wouldn't just pick some kind of thing from a Nordic, uh, from, from a, a Northern American uh, Lakota tribe or something like that, because I don't have any real connection yeah. to that i don't i don't it would be it would be a power grab if i did that it would be like oh that's pretty cool right now so i'm just gonna take this thing from that lakota thing mm -hmm. because it likes right now you know um it would be a thing like that it would be extremely disrespectful so if i if i feel i have a connection to this if i feel i have an understanding for this material whatever it may be then i will use it and then i will use it in a respectful way, but also in a way that shows its interconnection to other things and so on and so forth with the positive message and also with, uh, you know, showing that culture isn't a monolith, you know, it is, it is a thing that's con constantly in flux, you know, mm. constantly in flux. And I think, and I actually, I actually think that the, the term cultural appropriation is wrong. I, I think it's, I think we should talk about cultural exploitation, uh, or you know denotation or something like that you know rather than talking about appropriation because culture is appropriation by definition you wouldn't have culture yeah. if people didn't appropriate each other's shit it would just be like something written in a book somewhere and put in a dusty tome and put on the, on the shelf you know that's not what culture is culture is alive and it has to be yeah yeah so it kind of needs relabeling and and I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I think really I think approaching. I think we just need to keep doing what we want to do. <clears throat> as long as we feel that <clears throat> we are ourselves are are being authentic and in our own integrity when we, we do stuff like that, then I think everything will be fine, to be honest. So when we were talking about Nabala before, just to bring it back on track again, mm -hmm. you were talking about the masculine and feminine. Yes. And I think that would be a good point to talk about this. Yeah, exactly. You're mead. Indeed. Which Just unfortunately you don't have. Bloody Brexit. Bloody post-Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it me, was a 
Yeah, you have it. You're yeah, in probably. England. So, yeah. It is produced in yeah. Wales. It was sent to me early last week and it still hasn't reached me. So, and and now it's like, it's been more than a week. So, yeah. It was supposed so, to come. Yeah. Should we get into it? Shall I try some? What do you want to I do? Th- I think we should start by you trying some. Shouldn't Imagine it? now if I, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> Like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really I really doubt it I mean okay I can no, tell I you a little bit a little bit about how it came about actually because I I almost started making this mead I started making this mead together with Sam or got the idea for it Sam from Afon Mel the, the the company that produces them and have yeah uh, fermented them and everything um actually this was a long time ago this was before the album even was finished i think really uh wow. yeah should i show you the label off well so so this is the elderflower yeah so this is the feminine one the gonlathu or, or gonlather for those who don't know the the the, the proto-germanic uh, version of her name yeah it smells good i'm a big fan of elder and in any form elderberry elderflower yeah it's all good to me. My wife hates elderflower, so she's going to hate this one. Um, so she'll she'll have know... the, she'll, she she can take the masculine one. <laughs> it's you know it's it's a free country. <laughs> Just before we started recording, Bob from uh, Affenmel. Yeah, do you know Bob? Yeah, I've, I haven't met him yet, but I know who he is. Yeah, he finished two bottles in a night. Apparently, nice. So rave <laughs> review from Bob. <laughs> they, but they are really, yeah. they are really, really happy about it. Yeah, it's really cool. Ah, shit, mate. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's, that's just shit. No, that's really good. I mean, like, full Tell, cards like, on the I, table. okay. So just, just, just let, yeah. yeah, please, full cards on the table before you do. Uh, uh, it's embarrassing because I haven't tasted it. I, I, I know. Whatever. Never, because I had the idea. Okay. Sam, Sam and I were developing it together. You know, like the the concept yeah. behind it, what was going to go in it, what was, what did it have to represent, what did we want to end up, what kind of product did we want to end up uh, with the end at the end of it. Yeah. And then Sam, of course, went and 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 did, did the actual boots on the ground work and actually made made the mead. Um. But so the yeah. idea is to that one needs to be floral and sweet and 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 but still with some oomph to it and so on. Yeah, yeah, that that does exactly that. Yeah, I don't know how strong it is. Uh, if anyone's wondering, yeah, ten ten point seven percent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'll be honest. They, I mean, there's there's meaderies jumping up all over the place these days. Yeah. From the ones I've tasted. Like, yeah, some of them are okay. I don't rate them. There's only a couple that I really rate. One of them would be Affenmel. Yeah. Um, and the other one I've had on the podcast before was uh, Rookery, which is in Scotland. Yeah, I've heard about Rookery as well. Yeah. Rookery is very good. Um, and their flavor notes are very subtle between the different different meads. So they're not too, like, in your face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I also but, yeah, have to... But, Back to this one. I mean, yeah, yeah, back to that. But I mean, I yeah. also just want to say that before you say that, like, of course, I've I've had lots of different Afon Mel meads before. That's why I wanted yeah. to work with them. They're, they're damn good, you know? and they, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So you knew Sam before you started the Nabala project properly. 
No, it was kind of like happening at the same time, kind of thing. Yeah. I I I I, uh, I I saw their profile and so on, and I had had I think their Heather Mead, I think at some point, and uh, Heather and Mead I just, is divine. Yeah, uh, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really good. I've used it in in, in supper clubs as well, and they have a they have a blackberry mead which is damn good as well. Really really good, uh, which is more tart and uh, but and, and thick, and but it's also sweet at the same time. So it's really good to use as a you want to make an aperitif and just top it up with a bit of champagne, you know, just to have a, like a little bit of a bubbly experience. But yeah, so so then then I just thought, you know, it would so make sense to 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 make a mead if we're doing this and if we could make it with that this whole feminine and a masculine version of of a mead, uh, and and then to show the interconnection. And then Sam came up with a great idea. But then why don't we do it with the elderflower? Because there we have two products on one tree, you know, so mm. we can show that interconnection and also something with like, you know, the cycle of it, you know, flowering first and then, you know, berry after and, you know, life and death and and, and and the cycle of life and so on being represented in, in there. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that yeah. was the idea. And then of course it, it, it took a lot longer to, for, for us to actually finish it. Uh, so it was supposed to have I come think... out a little bit after the album, but now it's, yeah. Well, I think they age everything for like minimum two years, don't they? It's like nothing comes out quickly. We, we were going to actually do this as a young mead, but I'm really happy mm. we didn't. I'm really happy we didn't. I'm really happy that it, it was aged. I think it's been aged for over a year, a little over a year, two years, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I think years, it's normally yeah. two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. Yeah. So it was Sam's idea to go down the elder route. Yes, I mean initially. that was what he yeah. suggests. That's what he suggested, and then we started thinking a little bit about like how to um, to balance the citrus instead of just using, uh, you know, uh, normal uh, what do you call it, citron acid. We would we would use uh, sea buckthorn acid instead, and you know things like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of folklore around elder. I don't. You, you're quite knowledgeable about foraging and things. Do you know about much about elder? Well, I mean, what what I know is that 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 the elder trees, for instance, were seen as uh, uh, they they were kind of warding off evil spirits, and sort of people would plant them in yeah. front of their houses and like in front of their doors. I know a lot Often of often to keep the devil away. To keep the devil the away. Devil? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's probably a. a a remnant from an older time, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I would imagine. Um, Sometimes they're seen as witches, and people thought they were moving through the fields, so they could actually oh. almost move with their roots. Oh, that one I haven't heard. That's an interesting one. There's so many things. It's like one of the the kind of bushes with the most sort of folklore. Oh, but that I know. But that, yeah. that I'm very yeah. very well aware of that. It, it's it was a holy tree and. And 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 people would use it for making flutes as well and that sort of thing. The elder was very very uh, special. Uh, we use it to make. I don't know if I've got one here. I don't think I have. Um, we make hollow tubes for um, like a bellows for blowing into the fire. Ah, yeah, from which, elder. Because um, the, the word elder does come from the old English word for hearth, so it's all like connected. Oh, to, uh, like to fire elder, well. like. Ill in in, like in Danish and like yeah 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 um yeah and, and at one point if you it was thought if you burned it you'd see the devil you'd see the devil <laughs> which 
Funnily enough, I, I was thinking about this this morning when I was thinking about the Medes. Because I've often said to people, I've burned it and it's not true. The, the what, sorry? But I, I've, I've burned it before and I've often said to people that it's not true. Like you don't see the devil when you burn Elvis. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it's just like as a... <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, there is a, I don't know how you feel about paranormal and stuff. Um, but there is an occasion I was telling someone about recently where I was burning some garden rubbish, mm -hmm. hedge clippings and stuff, and I saw, and you saw Boris Johnson straight in the <laughs> in the orange fire going. Like... Close, close. I saw a shadow run across the garden, but it disappeared halfway across the garden. Okay, while well, you were burning something, which contained elder. And I never put the two things together until this morning. Oh, shh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you wish you had filmed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, Not... you know, you just, you just see something run and you go, I thought it was a person at first. And it, the fuck? And then by the time I turned, it was gone. That is so cool. I would... Yeah. What, so what? So how do you think people would use it in in that time? Like, would 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 do you think people would then burn it in order to see the devil somehow, in order to, or to see a dark spirit? Or I think it was just a cautionary thing: is don't burn the wood, as you'll see the devil. You know, it's like okay. if you take a piece of the wood or the flowers or the berries, you're supposed to leave offerings to goddesses and spirits that live within mm. the tree. So I think the devil thing maybe is just a warning. I mean, it's it's high in cyanide, so whether that was is kind it? of a cautionary tale uh, not to burn it in your house, if you like, because that would I don't know if it would make you get make make you sick or, or something Presumably. like that. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yes, I don't know. I'm speculating now, but no, I mean, I. I the thing about your experience with the, with the, with the shadow and so on, you asked me how I am with the paranormal things. I mean, I, mm. I've obviously had all kinds of experiences that I cannot explain. Totally, I think everyone has. Mm. I just think most people just just can't deal with it or whatever, you know, and just don't mm. even want to entertain that it could be something that could be shaking their reality in any kind of way. You know, just can't deal with it. Yeah, I think everyone everyone has those kind of experiences. Uh, I think they can't explain or mm. feeling of a presence or something like that and of course you the, the if you're a strict materialist you'll just brush it off and say well it's just your mind playing tricks on you but what do you mean it's just your mind playing tricks on you how do you know well, what do you how do, what is it that you understand about the mind and reality that everyone else don't understand i've always wondered that with materialists right it's like yeah. they make all these incredible claims oh it's just this so it's just hallucinations but just hallucinate what is a hallucination what does that mean or it's just your mind not doing what it's supposed to but how do you know what it's supposed to do you know that 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 thing i think it's such a circular kind of thing it just never really gets me gets me anywhere so i i'd rather when it comes to paranormal and 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 and, and those kind of experiences I'd, I'd rather just go like yes that is an experience and we should yeah. take that seriously you know mm. not to say that oh i saw the devil so now i know w which sect we should all join 
you know it, that that's not the point <laughs> the point is just to 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 work yeah. with these experiences and to allow them to be a part of your your world without rejecting them but also not maybe necessarily saying oh this is probably what it is that's also a fallacy you know hmm. i mean i generally i would say i am a skeptical person yeah but then i've true. had these experiences i've i've had things like sleep paralysis and stuff happen so like i've I've had a fair share. Right. Yeah, yeah no, but I mean, it's also, it's yeah. good to be, it's good to be skeptic as well, you know, yeah. because a skeptical, a skeptic is also an inquisitive mind, I feel, you know? Yeah. Because it's not, you're not a rejectic, you're a skeptic, right? <laughs> <laughs> it means that you don't go like, oh, I just, when I burned the elder, I, I saw the devil. Hey, everyone, ding, 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 ding. I saw the devil, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's... <laughs> That's not what you do, but you go like, whoa, that wasn't experience. And what does that mean? And I don't know. And yeah. Yeah. That's yeah as I say, I've never, I've never pieced it as the two things together <laughs> before today. Before I've just said there was a shadow. I've told people about a shadow that ran across the garden. And it was only mm. when I was thinking about the burning the elder and seeing it's the cool. devil. I thought, well, maybe you I did, did see the... something. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely said saw something. And it, it, yeah. yeah. Who knows what that is? That's really fascinating. We got to do some experiments. I'm, I'm coming to the UK now, Craig, so I can come visit you and we can experiment with burning some elder and <laughs> see what happens. Come visit. We live near Avebury, so uh, there's plenty to see and do around here. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Have to. Have yeah. to come. Um, right. We should go back to the mead, shouldn't we? We um, should indeed. You should try the next one. Yeah. I should. I'll finish off this. So I'll ask okay. you a question. I'll finish this bit, and then we'll try the other one. Definitely. Because um, I did write some serious questions this time. You did, yeah. Um, so how do you think your mead range complements or enhances the listening experience of Nabala's music? I think that depends on the quantity, doesn't it? <laughs> that you imbibe. I think if you just sit and sip a little, a little glass, I mean... Yeah. I can I can I don't know actually. I I I I was envisioning you in the the music video that you filmed in Ukraine but then that was like mushrooms or something I think wasn't it? I don't yeah. know exactly what that is. We're not being exactly <laughs> we're not exactly being explicit about what's inside yeah. that concoction but it's uh yeah. it's some it's something it's something potent so for it sure. wasn't this <laughs> it wasn't this you'd have to spike that with something would you? <laughs> you know <laughs> but you uh which they did you know fucking hell i mean beer and wine and everything like that was spiked with all kinds of strange things back in the day right i'm um, just going to rinse my glass so that i don't contaminate the two flavors do it do it you can carry on my thing's just behind me so okay fantastic yeah. Yeah, no, um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I how, I, I, how does I it enhance Nabala's, or the listening experience, I guess, of Nabala? Because you did say you before about you sort of created them almost at the same time, or the concept came about. Yeah. So I wondered whether they were connected in some way. Like, I mean, should you I drink two gallons of mead and then listen to the album? Or I would have to try. It would be interesting to see if you could sort of like, you maybe you start with the... You start with the floral one, and then you go into uh, uh, the red one in the middle, maybe, when it gets more aggressive and so on. Then you go over to the more masculine and aggressive one, 
And then maybe at the end, you mix them both together and top it off with some, some champagne, and then you have the whole ecstatic part at the end. Cocktails. That's my that's my that's my <laughs> sort of suggestion yeah. right here. I got to turn off this alarm that there's something alarm that's buzzing in the background. Just give me one second. Yeah, one go second. for it. So yeah, and I think uh, I think if you're uh, if you drink a whole bottle of of, of either of those and uh, just go onto the dance floor, I'm sure it'll sure it'll enhance the experience in some kind of way <laughs> i'd have to make experiments with it myself but of course i mean the whole idea is that the mead reflects the album uh in terms of the again uh, when i was talking about earlier about making dishes that kind of fit it to some kind of story or um and so on and so forth and uh, what hope what hopefully that kind of uh, amounts to is is a really good product at the end because because you've kind of like you've you've had this uh, vision of something and that hopefully shines through in the product at the end whether it's an album or mm. whether it's a, whether it's a mead so in that sense uh, you know they're connected uh, because because they are inspired by the same seedbed if you will so I'll show off the bottle for the next one because yeah. I did the first one didn't I. And this uh, is the Voodoo Vridash, the Ecstasy Rider, <laughs> which is what uh, which is what Odin becomes after he has slept with Gondlod, by the way. So the whole okay. idea, so, so very quickly, the story of the Mead of Poetry is Odin is retrieving the Mead of Poetry, which was created by the blood of Kvasir, the perfect perfect being that the Vanya and Aesir uh, made together after, after the Great War. And um, and so it's supposed to be like, you know, containing the cosmic creative force. You know, that's what mm. this mead is supposed to contain. And so he, what he does is it, it has been it's gone through a whole journey, and I I won't take you through the whole thing, but it ends up in inside a mountain, uh, guarded by this uh, by this goddess Gunlud or this earth goddess, you could say um Gunlov. and uh and he then what he does what odin does is that he needs to get into the mountain so he he makes a tiny hole with a uh with a with some kind of uh drill yeah with the mouth of rati he he bores into to 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 the mountain and then he turns himself into a snake in order to get into the mountain and then he lies with Gunlov for three days and three nights drinks all the mead and then flies out of the mountain like an eagle and then regurgitates the the mead back onto the world and that is an interesting imagery i just when i when i heard that story the first time i thought it was an extremely interesting imagery that whole thing about going into the underworld and then flying up like an eagle because if you see if you see representations of the kundalini rising which is a yogic system where you channel mm. energy from your groin area up through your crown chakra. The whole idea yeah. is to channel the sexual energy that comes from your groin area and channel that up through your whole body and, and let that sort of be the driving force of the of, of the cosmic, releasing the cosmic creative force. And that's exactly the same imagery in this in this story, you know? And then of mm. course there is there's a whole uh, cycle of life and death also uh 
related in, in the story of Kvasir. So the, the, there's a lot in this story, a lot of the, a lot of stuff to draw inspiration from. So I'm going to try this. Uh, yes. This one. I've been holding off. I've been smelling it and thinking, no, I'll wait until. <laughs> uh, what's the, what's the story? How does it smell? It smells really strong of elderberries. Like, yeah, they've not held back on. No. Yeah. There's a lot of elderberry in that one. And I say, I love elderberry. I make a lot of elderberry wines in the autumn normally. So in fact, <laughs> I've got my own Demijohn just off camera. Of oh, really? Yeah. From this year. Can so you... that's, that's got a while. Yeah. But uh, wow, that is uh, very different to the first one. Mm, supposed to be. It's almost more like a, um, almost like a port. Oh yeah, like that's really what I was hoping for, and and deep in flavour. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's it's the first one's got a lot more sweetness to it. Yeah. And maybe if you went straight for this one, this might have some sweetness. But going from the elderflower to this one, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you should have had a little knocking pallet. it back a little bit. Yeah, you should have had a little piece of fermented ginger or something in between, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that one's uh, more for me. That would be more of a sipper. Yeah. Whereas the sweeter, uh, the first one, I think you might be. You can chuck that in the back. <laughs> this one's Which, more of a. Yeah. Um, it's stronger as well. It's 12.6. Yeah, so exactly, it's a little yeah. bit stronger. But yeah, I mean, that's, they're almost like chalk and cheese. They're so different in, wow. I'm really, yeah, I'm, really, I'm nice. really, really happy about that. Uh, I'm really happy to hear that. God damn it. It feels so weird that I don't have it here <laughs> to taste it with you. It's just, ah, oh, <sighs> bloody, bloody Brexit. I have to blame it on <laughs> Brexit. Blame it on something, you know? I had uh, another question, but I don't know because you haven't tried it. It's probably not going to work, really. It was more about how you would envision like pairing them with your past experience of being a chef. Oh yeah, like food pairing, but you can't do that because you haven't tried them. So it's... no. From what you're saying, you know, it, mm. it, it 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 sounds like I mean they'll obviously both go well with it with any kind of dessert, surely. You know, uh, even yeah. even this even the sipper one uh yeah. and from what you're saying uh, it sounds like it sounds like pretty straightforward that that the the elderberry one if you wanted to just serve that with a with a with a savory dish it would be you would have to go very dark red meat or very mushroomy or something earthy and, and, and i was wholesome. gonna say red meats myself yeah 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 that would make sense right and then when maybe, maybe the other one I don't know if it would go go well with fish, but probably, probably more more of a light um, kind of uh, maybe vegetable dish or, or something like that. You know, mm. something where. But it, since it's very floral, I would say that one. I would probably reserve that for for a dessert, no matter no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So one. Sorry, go on. No, yeah, because it has that floral yeah. Moscato thing going on, right? Um, so I was going to ask you about the artwork itself and who did the artwork. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's very important. Yeah, this was done by... Let's show them off again. Just yeah. to ask uh, 
You can also go onto my Instagram and, and and to onto Sam's Instagram as well and see the see the actual yeah. pictures of them. Yeah, because if someone's listening, this is pointless. But I am showing the bottles. <laughs> yes, he's showing the bottles. I can explain a little bit about what's on them. They're both they're both mountains. Um, one of them is 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 the colors are more sort of yellow and and red, and that's the male mm -hmm. one. And you can sort of see that that's Odin. You can see both his ravens there on the side. He's got his spear. So a lot of these attributes to Odin, and of yep. course uh, the elder Berry is is represented there as well uh, in the artwork, um, and the Gunlathu one as well has uh, also has uh, the elder flower. It has uh, it has a kind of a, a whirlwind showing. It's it's interesting with Gunlath because her name actually means invitation to battle, so she's not a kind of uh, uh, she's not a pretty pretty girl she's 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 quite a fierce fierce lady and you have snakes also on on Goloth representing the under underworld which is which is where she's from and um it was made by by sarah Bu. uh she has her nuken illustration nuken n-y-k-k-e-n nuken elo on uh, on ig definitely go check her stuff out she she does yeah, more or less all the visuals for for Nibala now and and everything. She's, she's really, really, really talented, and and she knows this stuff as well. This is kind of her world. Uh, yeah. Really lucky to find a really good illustrator who also understands the the material really, really well. And uh, this is she lives and breathes all this. So uh, yeah, definitely go check her stuff out. And I and I'm super happy with those labels. I think they're, I think they're awesome. Very different as well. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time they go together as they as go the together. pairing. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are some tasting notes. I don't know if it's worth me reading them. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So on the elderflower, it says a delicate floral mead with a soft and gentle palate, subtly elegant with a sweet and warming finish. And would you say that that fits pretty well? That's what I said, wasn't it? It was more or less what you said, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then this one says, boldly fruity on the nose with hints of summer hedgerow, thick and luxurious with the sweetness of the honey balancing the tartness of the fruit. A sweet but dry berry finish. Yeah, does it have that? That's what I was actually wanting to ask you about that. Does it have that, that tartiness? A little bit of... A little bit of, um, a little it's bit definitely, of less, as I say, it's less sweet than the other one. Um, yeah. It puts me quite in mind of a port or something, I think. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. There's a quote from Matthias on there as well. I don't know if you knew that. There's a what? A quote from Matthias. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that's also on the album. Yeah. Um, it, it talks about uh, <laughs> uh, the the love of 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 Gunlud and uh, and and uh, and Wodan. Yes, it says we are only human. We desire the love and lust of other humans. We are each other's companions. And when we have the desire of being someone's companion fulfilled, we attain a sense of worldly bliss that cannot be replaced by any other kind of spirit. Woden and Gunlafu fulfilled that role for one another in ancient times. Their desire ran as deep as the roots of the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's. Yeah, the same thing on that. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's it's all about that. It's it's uh, and 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 the like you said also the the labels are mirrored in each other. Yeah, but they are, but they are also quite different. 
Um, so yeah, they're mirrors of each other and 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 different at the same time. And uh, yeah, yeah, exa exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really happy that we put that quote on there because that's that's yeah. that's what the album is about as well. I just watched uh, yesterday. I was I was watching with my daughter and uh, and then we were watching the, his Dark Materials. Do you know that uh, series? I've not seen it, but I know it. Do, do you know the books? Maybe. No, no, not not well enough to. Uh, the his Dark Materials yeah. really is brilliant. It's 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 super brilliant. Uh, it's extremely uh, you know esoteric and mythological, spiritual, all these different things. I think really I heard cool. the author on a podcast a couple of weeks back, actually. Philip, Philip Pullman. Philip Pullman. Pullman. I'm sure he was on something I listened to recently. He's cool. Like he's mm. he's cool to to he's got a lot of cool ideas. But there was um it's not to spoil the whole thing, but let's just say that the fact that two people fall in love saves the world in a way or is what the world needs in order to restore itself. And I love that idea, mm. you know, because it's because the world can be such a absolutely almost intangible thing, right? I mean, just sometimes, sometimes it'll strike me when I'm sitting down and I'm looking around and I'm going like, what the fuck is going on here? Like I'm here, I'm in this world. I can touch things. I, I love and I do all these things and I care for things and I hate other things. And why do I do all these things? This being alive is such a insane mystery, right? And you can get yeah. so bogged down in all the complexities of it all and forget that, my God, you know, just lying in the arms of someone you love, it's bloody, it's, <laughs> what else is there, you know, at the end of the day? Yeah. Remember those things. So it's trying, trying mm. to get, to get, get back to, to, to basics here. And that's why we made a mead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we made music. Yeah. And yeah. That's why we do anything in, in life, really. Right. So these meads are now on sale, I think, right? Yes, they right are. They are they yeah. are on the they are on the Afonmel uh, website and uh, you can also get them from Horns of Odin. If we'll that's do the whole there's links underneath thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop some links under. Pop some Click links, on the please. Links. Click Find on the, the link. Yeah, yeah. Please do, please do, mate. Yeah. Shall we move yeah. on to the questions that I ask every guest? Yes, please do. I just look at the time, and I realise it's getting on a bit. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Go so for we'll, it. We've got seven questions that I ask every guest. The first one is: If you had an unlimited budget, what would be your dream project? Yeah. So. That's the one, right? That I I was looking at, then I was like, oh god, because it's just one of those like, oh, I should just tell about my dream project. But then you're saying the whole thing with an unlimited budget, and then I go like, if I had an unlimited budget, I probably wouldn't know what to do. I think limitations are extremely important for for any kind of project, mm -hmm. um, and and in, and in some sense, I. <sighs> My, I, I, I love what I do. I love making music, and and I love steeping myself into research, and and then coming up with creative projects uh, on the basis of that. So if I can keep doing that for the rest of my life and live a decent life, oh my god, then I am, 
living the dream. So, so that's my answer. Put my teeth in. I was going to say sustainability is your dream then. You want to be able to sustain what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sustainability. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say something like that. Yeah. Mm. That's the best okay. way I can answer that question. So next question is, could you survive on a Viking age diet? Of course I could, technically, obviously. I mean, the Vikings did, so I could. Uh, would I be happy? I don't know. Because I know if, if, I, if I was living in the Viking Age, I'm sure it would be fine, right? Like, but um, Because I know all the flavors and so on that we are able to produce today, but you did not produce them back then, at least not from what we know. Uh, mm. it would probably be, be a bit sad if if you go back to a Viking age diet. Uh, yeah. Even though I'm sure they made some kick-ass savory porridges and stuff like that, I'm sure they, you know, threw some salted meat in there and that kind of stuff. And I, actually, when I when we did the promotion for the for the Northmen, I went on a uh, on the on a big morning show in Denmark and promoted yeah. the film. And there was a guy who has a uh, he has a company called something as charming uh, as Gold. Try to pronounce that. It's Danish for <laughs> porridge. For porridge, it basically just means porridge. His his whole chain of restaurants is just called porridge. So oh, his okay. whole his whole theme is that it's all porridge based. And he we 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 designed a Viking porridge together, which was super delicious. You know. Lots of yeah. cheese in there, lots of uh, salted uh, meats and stuff like that, you know, and root vegetables and that kind of thing. So I'm sure you could make a nice porridge in the Viking Age. Hmm. This is my best okay. way of answering that question. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> cool. So is there any food you'd miss if you were living on a Viking Age diet? Oh, God. I would miss Serta. It's so weird. When people look at me, they go like, pizza? What? But pizza is my first culinary love. Like, there was, that was the first time I was like, holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, ages ago. So I always return to that. I, I just, I just, I just love pizza. I love a, a good pizza, a really nice sourdough pizza with like, you know, all the, like a really good Italian ham and, you know, this kind of stuff. Like, it's my God. It's so good. It's funny because I think that's come up before and I've got a feeling it was Dan. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's not I'm fairly sure. Pizza that... definitely came up because he mentioned ham and pineapple in some context. But I don't know if oh. it's for this question or another one. Yeah, I was told, I was told by an Italian uh, interviewer not so long ago to... To uh, the, we'll stop the interview. <laughs> As I said, she said, like, what is your most unpopular opinion? I said, I think actually pineapple on pizza can be really good if it's done really well. It can actually be super good. Like, imagine that you know, like a really good pineapple, fresh, ripe, you know, pineapple, and you cut it out. Maybe you marinate it in some chili oil and some stuff, and then you put it on with some really good ham and so on. What's not to like? It's fine, yeah. Yeah. My daughter likes it, so we would repeat salt, her. It's yeah. salt and sweet mixed yeah. together with some umami. That'd be good. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, so pizza was, was the answer to that one, wasn't it? 
Um, well, I mean, weird... lots of other things, but I have to make some kind of answer, right? So lots of other things that was. So, what's the weirdest thing in your kitchen? <laughs> some people probably would say it's Indian pickles. I think I think people don't like that necessarily. Um, I, I really am a big sucker for Danish liver pate. Mm-hmm. It's also something that 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 you know I don't think people like that very much. Uh, it's very stinky and and that kind of stuff. I I I really yeah. like it. Yeah, and then I also really like at Christmas time. I like this thing called um, we call it sulte. It's basically um, it's basically uh, the head of a pig that's been boiled, and then you take off all the all the flesh, and then you make it into some kind of quite. It's not a very interesting sausage actually, but it's got some. It's got it's it kind of a not a sausage, but it's like a a meat cake cold cut, you could say. With just got some spice. So we would call that head cheese. Head cheese. Yeah, that's probably. what it's called in English. Head cheese. Yeah. Because yeah. you cook it, it together. Because it's all like the gelatin and stuff boiled yes, down, yes. and and then it sets like a jelly with all that's the bits the of meat in it. Yeah. That's yeah, we call that head cheese. Head cheese. That's cool. Yeah. And I think in German they call it just Schweinkopf, which just means the head of a pig. Uh, and so we, uh, so, okay, so this is, gets funny. So like at Christmas time, I like that because we've had a tradition in my family to have that. You have it on a piece of rye bread with a very strong mustard and, and then pickled uh, beetroot. It's actually quite delicious. Um, but then we, then we have a, we have a tradition around Christmas time that we have this rice porridge and then we put a whole almond inside the rice porridge and the one who gets that whole almond then wins a prize on Christmas. Like gets a, usually it's a, thing that people get so it's like a prize that you get the whole almond so with the with the head cheese the joke is that the one who gets the tooth uh <laughs> gets the <laughs> gets <laughs> wow <laughs> so it's yeah, funny so that I'll different be... cultures do that because you have uh christmas pudding in england is i think there's a coin that's put into the pudding oh really um, a coin yeah, in like New Orleans, they do the king cake where they put a plastic baby. That's and there disgusting. Are, there are, it's a like, it's just interesting that these different cultures have a version of putting a choking hazard in their food. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but an almond at least it's edible and you can chew it. A coin and destroy <laughs> your tooth and <laughs> and choke to death. Yeah. Oh god. It's the plastic baby as well from New Orleans. Is plastic another... baby is also weird. Yeah. For what reason? What do you win? Do you win something if you get the plastic baby? I think baby? you win something if you get it. I don't know. Mm. I think they do it for Mardi Gras. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What but would I, you I win couldn't then? tell you. I don't know enough to know what you win, but I know it's a thing. Oh, it'd be cool to find out. What do you win at Mardi Gras when you get the plastic baby? <laughs> do you get a <laughs> I don't know. That's cool, man. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Free free, right. free free gumbo for the rest of the year. Yeah. Free dental treatment. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> After you uh. crack your tooth on the baby. Yeah. Okay. Go on. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, what's the worst food or drink you've ever had?
Worst. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is actually uh, the first time I went to India, um, we got hungry at night, um, Nen and I, and we uh, we went out to see if we could find a restaurant. That time, restaurants were not allowed to be open until very late, but then some did, like, had, like, were, like, they'd be like, everything would be drawn, but you would know that that place, if you go and you knock on the door, they'll open the door for you, you can go in and, and, and yeah. at any time at yeah. night, you know? And then I remember Nena introduced me to something called Jaljira, which is a drink. It's a kind of a, a lemonade kind of thing, but it's got a lot of spices in it, uh, especially the the kind of spice they call chaat masala. Um, I'm very heavy on the amchur. And amchur is a, a dry uh, powder made from uh, made from unripe mangoes. It's get very tarty. And then mm. it's got a lot of what you call this black salt, kalanamak, they call it, which is a right. very sulfuric salt. Mm. Uh, and then all these spices inside this drink. I actually like it today. It's, I, I wouldn't say that I would ever go in and really order a janjira, but I, I can drink it and actually enjoy it. Uh, it would be my first choice. But uh, but I remember for the first time I got that, and it just, I felt it smelled like piss. Like it literally smelled like some old guy's sulfuric like an old drunkard morning piss that's that's what i felt it smelled like and i wow. tasted it and I, I felt it taste the same i was like this is fucking disgusting and then i was like what <laughs> like bathe me in it you know like uh, take a take a swim in gelatina you know she just loved it so much um but uh that indian pickle has a bit of that Kind of thing as well because that kalanamic, uh, the chaat masala yeah. is, is there as well. That that sulfuric thing. But today, you know, if I get a a, a rissling which smells a little bit like petroleum, I love it. You know, so it's like you, your 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 palate 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 changes, of course, uh, uh, with time. But that was definitely one of the most disgusting things. And I had also um, something in norway what the fuck was that i had oh no this is hands down the most disgusting thing i had it wasn't a norwegian thing it was a it's called skater it's icelandic yeah. dish have you tried that it's no. uh, basically the wing of a uh what you call it um the one that killed uh steve irving stingray stingray yeah it's stingray Okay. Stingray, it's stingray, and it's also one of those things that they fermented in some kind of weird way, and then they've made a kind of uh, stew out of it, which is so like ammonia, like just insane. Like it, it smells so disgusting. And then you have it with pig, uh, with uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, with sheep's fat, rendered nice. sheep's fat. Yeah. With potatoes and so on. I mean, I don't get it. Like poor Icelandic people, like they really had to do a lot of shit to survive back then. Like, yeah. Anyways, that that was really disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the most memorable meal you've ever had? It's. It, <sighs> It's a few different ones, I would say. It's difficult to pick one. Uh, one of them definitely was uh, uh, in south of France at a place called... Uh, it was close to Camar. It was a, a two-star Michelin restaurant that we were invited to go to. 
and it was a lunch. So we had a four course meal. And the last thing they before the dessert, the, the main course was just a leg of lamb. There was nothing with it, no potatoes, no nothing, just the leg of lamb they brought in. They had done something unbelievable to that leg of lamb. It was just, I can't, like, I don't know exactly. They didn't, I can't remember if they told me what they had done, but it was so good. Like, it was just so rich and, yeah, incredible leg of lamb. And actually another leg of lamb that I had in, 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 in Delhi, at a Kashmiri restaurant. So it was a special Kashmiri style leg of lamb, which was also absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, I want to say, I want to say another really special meal I had was uh, our first year anniversary. We went to uh, uh, um, a place in forgot the name of it unfortunately but it's the only michelin restaurant in in venice and we were so lucky we got that one table that they had which it was they had they had one table like this which was on a balcony over the canals with like flowers Mm. around it and so on and we had a we had a, a strawberry gazpacho there which was unbelievable as well uh i remember that that one and i remember the the risotto was incredible as well. It was just like classic Italian food, but done like extremely, extremely well. Yeah, mm. that was really amazing. Awesome. I could probably find four more. <laughs> yeah, I've eaten a lot. <laughs> it's hard to just pick one of anything, isn't it? <clears throat> and, uh, yes. Really difficult. Yeah. yeah, really, really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I've had some insane food in London as well, I have to say. Like, there are some incredible places in London. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, there's this is one Spanish tapas place, which I forget the name of right now, unfortunately. They have many different restaurants, but they have a few few flagship restaurants as well, which is incredible. Totally like you just go in and you sit on a bar and then they come with your food and your wine and so on. And it's very communi- communal in, in that setup. Yeah. It's not it's not so... Yeah. I actually don't like that so much. Like I wish more restaurants would, would focus more on the communal aspects of, of, of eating together. And and make it more like uh, like long tables and that kind of thing. So, so when you go out for a restaurant, you actually have to interact with people around you. Yeah, I'm yeah it is very it's, much. I'm not very saying all. I'm not. Experience. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's yeah. all restaurants should be like that. I like also yeah. the idea of of that curated experience just for you and and your partner or or, or little group that you're with. I, I I do like that because it's kind of a world that you go into. But I think there should be more. Sort of communal eatery is like I think I think that should be more of a thing uh, where people go out and 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 don't just go out to eat but also go out to meet if that makes sense. Yeah, as a social. Yeah. Social element. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I mean there there is a thing as well, isn't there, where they've done studies on people eating together, and when when people eat together, they tend to make future plans whilst they're eating and so actually just having that communal thing leads to more socializing and and more it does i'm going to play golf tomorrow do you want to come type totally i mean yeah i mean that that's that's the thing like um you know einar selvig talks a lot about that we should we should sing more together as well right like people should sing more this is one of my things that i really really have been for many many years very uh 
like this is actually when you asked me about the dream project earlier as well if i could make some projects that would make people sing more and not not just have me and whatever guys i'm bringing with me stand on stage and perform for people but if i could make more kind of events like that which would even be set up like live shows or whatever <laughs> but which would be focused on having people sing like people don't just come to listen but they also come to partake and they part come to sing as well there was a way of doing that somehow and bringing that back into the world that would be amazing because i see what it does to people you know when we sit around fires and people just sing together oh yeah. my god there's nothing better churches do it yeah but it's so solemn you know it's so yeah. you know it's it can be beautiful don't get me wrong my 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 mm. uncle is a my uncle is one of the world's best church musicians if you want to call it like that he's an organ player and choir conductor and and i think i actually think that the only place that the church is still sacred when you go to church today whether whatever church it is is when the music comes on mm. that's that's a part of the church that still has some sacredness to it but the rest of it is just a lot of old rusty yeah. keys that don't open any doors anymore if you ask me but you know um but that did you see the band did you see the band mio that played at midgard block uh no i, I unfortunately I, I i heard a lot about them i, I missed them unfortunately they seem cool yeah they, they did a thing my daughter is a big fan of theirs since seeing oh, them nice. um and they, they did a kind of i was going to say a call and response it wasn't really but they kind of gave you the lyrics up front and then said when we get to this bit everyone needs to sing along so yeah there are ways Definitely. to kind of incorporate no, we, small amounts. We, we did it as well <laughs> in, in in whatever small way we could this year. We did it as well. We in the Gilda Hall, we had everyone chant Om. Oh, we did it. We of did course, you did. I forgot. Yeah, about that. yeah, we did it. Did a rendition yeah. of a of an Indian mantra there. So yeah, we, yeah, we had yeah. that, and we we did that in Germany as well, which also was fairly successful as well. Actually, it's pretty cool. Uh, and we want to do more of that. I, I want to do more of that. I also want to make events that are solely designed for people to come and, and sing. My, my dad does that actually in his local communities. And that, of course, is like, you know, his age bracket and so on, mostly. Mm. Plus minus 10 years or whatever. But they come and they sing Beatles and, you know, all the all the songs that they remember from from from, from their time, you know, and then he puts every all the music up on a big screen and then people can follow along. But uh, I think yeah, he has a YouTube yeah. channel that I stumbled across. My dad. Yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm he pretty does. sure. Oh, he does. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I think I was looking, I, I'd search for your sister or something and a YouTube video came up of, I think you and her singing. Both sides now or something in, in a in church. A church. Both yeah. sides, both sides now by by uh, Joni yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, we sang that for our grandmother. Uh, she had an anniversary in in a church. Our grandmother uh, mm. was priest. Our grandfather as well grew up in a in a family filled with 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 Christianity, not in in any bad way or anything like that. Very very sober, but uh, yeah, for sure. So there's one more question I haven't asked you yet. Go for it. So when you die, your relatives are preparing your grave goods. What food or drink are you taking to the feast in Valhalla? Oh, yeah. This was the one. Um, 
I mean, they have to put pizza down there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> some really good pizza. Uh, I would love some. Lemon pineapple? <laughs> totally. No. <laughs> no, maybe not that. Maybe Do you want to share where... a grave with Dan at this point? Or is this... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's beginning to sound like that, doesn't it? Him I think I that just... was his answer. I think I said it, and he just out of nowhere just went pizza. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think I've ever shared a pizza with Dan. It'll, it'll happen now, I'm sure. Then uh, <laughs> can share our love pizza. Now I love that guy. Uh, <laughs> of course, Dan said that. Of course he did. Um, no, so so it'd be that. It would be a. Uh, I think it would be maybe. Um, I think it would be a sour beer from uh Cantillon in uh in Belgium. Any 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 of their sour beers would do whatever you can get a hold of. It's quite difficult to get a hold of it. It's a very small batch. <laughs> but so that and then uh a really nice uh really nice Georgian orange wine, maybe uh, those two things in terms of drink. And uh yeah. Yeah, I think I think something like that. Uh, some mango. I fucking love mango. Oh, mango. A really nice Indian ripe mango um, would be nice as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could go on. That it'll be filled. <laughs> it'll be filled with shit. Like <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been. A lot of fun having you on the podcast. We've gone way longer than I was supposed to keep you. So yeah, well, appreciate your okay. time. It's okay. No, I, I like I pushed some things around now. Anyway, so okay. yeah, it's all yeah. good. Um, do you want to give yourself a plug where people can find you on social media, website? <laughs> um, yeah, we did plug the mead, but you can plug it again because that's mainly what you're here for. Definitely. Well, it's, not, off the not, it's, not, it's not the only thing I'm here for, but. Uh... <laughs> But it's one of the reasons. It's definitely one of the reasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. The mead yeah. you can find that on uh, on 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 Afon Mel. Just type in Afon Mel and and it'll, it'll come up. A F O N M E L. That's the meadery that um, that makes it. Or you could go on to Horns of Odin at Horns Horns of Odin on Instagram, and you can uh, you can buy um, you can buy it from from his uh, shop as well. Are they individual or they're not a set? Are they? It's just you can buy one or the other. Yeah, you can buy one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they. they, they Fun Mill might have set up a set. I, I don't know how they do it. They might have. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then of course uh, my uh, Instagram handle is uh, at Nibala Music. So Instagram is the best place to 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 follow Nibala for sure. And YouTube, of course, is also uh, at Nibala Music. So go there and check out the the videos and the live videos and. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. I highly recommend if anyone hasn't listened to Nabala yet, then thank it's you, Greg. One of the best. Yeah. I'm so 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 happy to hear that. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and I'll see you all next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon where you'll get early access to all episodes or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 